0: Hi, everyone, Chris here, and today I want to continue talking about project management in instructional design. And yesterday we talked about the project scope document and a little bit about the work breakdown structure, affectionately referred to as the WBS. Today I want to talk a little bit more about the uh, WBS, and I also wanted to touch base on project budgeting. So... Yesterday we talked about um, using the budget, sorry, using the scope document to sort of set the stage and to describe what's going to be going on in the project. And the work breakdown structure helps with this by breaking the project into discrete steps and then having sub tasks underneath all of those. And before you do a project budget, you really need to have excruciatingly detailed work breakdown structures. You need to know all of the tasks as detailed as you can. And this typically involves um, talking to people, which is wonderful if you love talking to people. Um, You'll want to make sure you get all the steps down and we'll be using those steps to itemize our budget. So one of the really quirky things with a work breakdown structure is the um, notation. And it's kind of silly, it's something that my students always think it's just arbitrary and random, and it is arbitrary and random, but it's also agreed upon and expected. So if you use the proper um, notations for all of the items in your work breakdown structure, it makes it a lot easier, especially if you're going to be working on a project that is across departments in a large organization or crosses between organizations, like if you're outsourcing part of the project or you're the person going into a company to do stuff. So it's a really important thing. And it's it's interesting because it's like the one type of outline notations that doesn't seem to be included in Microsoft Word, which is just blows my mind. So basically the notation is just simple numbers. One, two, three for the different phases of the project. And then you'll have one Dot 1. Whoops, broke my chalk. Um, and then you'll have, of course, 2.1. And then you'll have 2.2, 2. Dot two, two dot, you'll have 2.1.3. Dot dot and you can go even deeper. 2. Dot, whatever. You get what I'm going. 3.1.2.3. Dot 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 three. And so you end up with this really interesting thing. Which is you can have a task of where did I put that? You can have a task ID. These are the task IDs. Very very important. Of three dot one dot four dot five equals test. And you can also have a task ID of four dot six dot one equals test. And it's one of those things where having task titles, you think that's where the real description is going to be, but it's the task ID number that sort of brings it all together. And this is super important when you're cross-referencing documents. So we have our work breakdown structure, which is either a outline in this kind of a notation, or a flowchart with This notation is still very important. And then we get to the budget. And to get a good budget, you should literally move through every single item in your work breakdown structure and ask the question, how much does this cost? So if you're purchasing something, that's easy. You can just get a quote for what it is. And it gets kind of more complex. When you're in an organization that does chargebacks between departments, or if you're quoting how much are you going to charge for Gary's time, these are all things that you need to get nailed down and have an actual budget put together. Another really key piece of a budget is having a contingency line. Now, there's, a, I said contingency line, there's two ways to do a contingency. Um, actually, there's four. There's four ways to do a contingency. The first is not to use any contingency money at all. And if you go over budget, oh well, things fall apart and you start crying. Um, The second way is to have like a contingency line at the bottom. We're gonna assume a 10% contingency, please reserve that money just in case the stuff hits the fan. And that's a good way to do it too. Another one is to use an itemized contingency line. So um, you might have the consultant for installing the hardware is quoted at is estimated at thousand dollars. However, we would like a contingency amount of an extra hundred bucks just in case it goes over. You can itemize the contingency amounts. Um, and then the fourth way is some people just pad their budget, and I hate that way. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But if you're in a place that pads the budget, sometimes you have to do it. And if it's the culture of the place you're in, you have to adapt it. But I always, when when there's padding of the budget, I'll put a little note on that, a little asterisk. And then at the bottom, I'll be like, refer to quote for pre-contingency amount. I just do something because I do not want to get called um, unethical or... Someone who embellishes or exaggerates, I don't like that at all. Um, So definitely adapt to the culture of where you're working. But those are the four ways to do a contingency in your budget. You can either not do it and take a risk. You can do a one contingency for the whole project. You can itemize contingency lines for individual things um, in the budget. And then the last one is some people pad it. I do not recommend that. That's as bad as the first one, I'm not even doing it. And of course, this is a time when you have the work breakdown structure fully done and the budget proposed, this is another time to go get approval. So sometimes it's the points of approval change sometimes depending on the culture where you are, but um, yeah, an important step. And Tomorrow we'll talk about the adventures of scheduling your project tasks, which is really an adventure and actually something I enjoy. So I will talk with you tomorrow.